Welcome on in to the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard. This is the Tuesday edition. Brandon Trish is still the winningest player <laughs> in SU basketball history. And we are here for you every single day here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast, the only place for Daily Orange Podcast, check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We're talking a lot of football today, Tim, because there is, I mean, you look at the national landscape of college football right now. You look at even the local landscape of football for the Syracuse program. Already two opponents axed off of the schedule for this upcoming season, so we will dive into all of that. And also, Andre Sisco, it's starting to percolate in my mind a little bit. But has he played his last down of football for the Orange? Oh, so we will get man. to that in that just stinks. a little bit. This is it, Listen, I hate to be the, the Debbie Downer here, but not a lot of optimism coming up for you in this podcast, I don't think. So no. we will get to all of that, but I think these are topics worth diving into. So I guess we start here with college football and an article written by Pete Thamel for Yahoo Sports and SU he's grad, not very an SU grad. Yes, yes, he is. But his article is headlined as such: "Time to face reality. No one is playing college football in the fall." And that part, while it may sound editorial by him, the the part where it says no one is playing college football in the fall is in quotes. And there are some strong quotes in this article from high-ranking college football personnel, whether it's ADs, whether it's executives of the sport itself. And it just doesn't look good time after time. And you saw this past week, the Big Ten, and it looks like the Pac-12 has followed suit in saying, conference only. And I'm starting to think that the ACC, they're probably going to be one of the next ones. And listen, let's be honest. I mean, you saw Patrick Beverly say, with in terms of the, the NBA bubble, if LeBron says we're playing, then check ball. Well, if the SEC says we're not playing, then we're not playing. So, <laughs> yeah. th- And it looks like they are starting to trend that way. Yeah, it's scary, and it's really not looking good. I mean, these past couple weeks, really last week, was just... Anywhere you look, depending on who you're following, who you're reading, I mean, it's all pessimistic right now. And I think there's a lot of different plans. Now, I think the goal here from the athletic directors is to find a way to play 10 games, let's call it, or just play some form of football as soon as possible. And the ACC said they're going to make a decision on it by the end of the month. I believe was the timetable they said, kind of the end of July. Mm -hmm. There's already been some reports of a conference only for the ACC specifically. We know the Big Ten has done it. I mean, Syracuse has lost two opponents, as you said, considering that the Patriot League just nicks Colgate off the schedule and Rutgers was supposed to be on the schedule in the Big Ten. So I think where it's at right now is there's not going to be a definitive hey, college football's axed. It's just going to be a lot of these conferences coming out and saying, we're going to delay the start and try and start in late September. We're going to try and start in early October and then keep pushing it back and back. Yeah, the goalposts just keep getting pushed back in every regard. Every sport, too. I mean, you look at, remember the NBA when the Warriors were going to play that game with no fans? And college basketball when they were trying to get conference tournaments and then, okay, 
we're going to take the fans out. And they just kept moving the goalposts back and back and back until they were at the brink of no return. And then it was the Ivy League who they, they weren't goalpost pushing. They basically said, all right, we're not playing this conference tournament. And now they're the first to say we're not playing college football. Yeah. So, listen, there's a reason those people are in the Ivy League, too. And <laughs> yeah. it, it takes a, a very smart and intelligent and well-thought person to be the president of an Ivy League school. And when they're saying we're not playing ball, we're not playing ball. I, 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 I'm at that conclusion now, especially in the college realm. Yeah, I'm there, too. I will say on the Ivy League front, you read a lot of athletic directors at the FBS level, and they say it's not that big of a deal what the Ivy League is doing this time around because it's just a completely yes. different financial thing right. that the Ivy it's League is. They play in different leagues. I mean, yeah. the Ivy League is is I'm not it's not the same parallel but it's like major league baseball and minor league baseball. Major league baseball what what the what the Red Sox or the Yankees and the major league club makes is obviously way different than what the minor league club's going to bring in. Yeah. I'd say at this point I'd be basically shocked if Syracuse played football anytime in the fall. Maybe not any I mean yeah, I I think I can say that. Anytime in the fall I would be shocked. I'd be floored if they were playing in the Dome against a non-conference opponent and there were fans in the stadium. And I, again, I wish that wasn't the case. We were really bummed here because at this podcast, we're really looking forward to maybe talking about some games if football did come back. And then you get into what does that mean for basketball, which I think we'll have tons of time to talk about all this over the summer. We can stay on football today it's not looking good. And if you're someone that is sort of just trying to be optimistic here, I totally get that approach because I've been that person. But I think there's some truth to what Pete Thamel wrote and that you kind of got to face reality here. It's never going to be definitive, definitive until, because that's why I was saying, like the athletic directors are just going to keep pushing back. Well, the here's the posts. thing about the optimism. Optimism is America's greatest superpower. It's also their greatest Achilles heel. No country is more optimistic than America, and there's no country that can get bombarded and blindsided by that pure optimism than America as well. And I think that's that's part of the problem as we look at this from an optimistic lens when, I mean, you look across the world and this country is so far behind on everything happening right now with COVID-19. Just so far behind. I think I saw the stat the other day that Florida would have the fourth most cases if it was its own individual country right now. And so when I see something like that, that's the concern. And I think that's where we're going to run into the giant problems of these kids aren't going to end up coming back to school. And if the kids aren't in school, there's no football. There's no any sports probably. No, definitely not. And look, there's some NFL pessimism right now that that might not happen. And if the NFL is not happening, forget it for college football. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think the NFL will still happen, and maybe it'll just be delayed. But we're a college podcast. We'll stick to college. It's not, it's not looking great. And now kind of the discussion becomes, okay, what are the alternatives? Can you play in the spring? Should Syracuse only play against conference opponents? I think what's going to happen is we're going to see the ACC come out and say, because there's already been reports, but they'll come out officially and say, we're going to conference only. 
and maybe they'll make even a schedule out of it. Who knows? I mean, we're getting close to the end of the month here, and and I hope that they give more of a definitive thing than just sort of pushing back the goalposts, but they're going to do that because there's so much money involved, and look, they want to do everything in their power to make college football happen, but you can't you can't be on a college campus in a bubble. You can't travel it to It does and not from exist. Game. It's just football in a bubble doesn't work, and especially college. College towns are the densest forms of population in the entire country. And think about a lot of these towns that you're playing in, too. Syracuse may be a little bit of an outlier because it's a quasi-city, but what happens when you overrun some of these small-town healthcare systems? Because let's be honest— Tim, both you and I, we're not too far removed from being college students. When we were in college, if you told, and I guess you to a degree even had to deal with this a little bit, but if you were told, yep, you're all staying in, nope, no one's going to bars, no one's going out to parties or anything, you would have said, F that. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. And well, I hope that's I the thing have, about but that. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, you're asking for buy in. Of what Syracuse's enrollment, about 15,000 kids, and that's a small school. Like, you're going to ask for a buy-in, and I mean, we see what's going down, what's going on down in Alabama with these COVID parties. You're going to ask for buy-in from how many students are at Alabama? Probably like 45, 50,000. It's not happening. And that's the thing is you can't bubbleize these colleges because, first of all, let's say a player does come down with it and infects the entire locker room. It may not be his fault. That's the that's the scary thing is because you need the buy-in from all these other 45,000 kids on the college campus. And let's say one of the kids who is going out to these corona parties touches a door handle and then a football player touches that same door handle. Well, guess what? There's a very high chance that he is now going to become infected. Yeah. And that's the problem with this. And you can't bubbleize this because then – what is Johnny's parents who pay full tuition for his chi- for their child to attend school going to say when the football team is off quarantined and in this little subsection of the campus that no one else can get to that's yeah. what's going to be the problem when the when the school is going to try to create some bubble just so they can get college football to happen that's where you're going to run into some of these problems yeah, the only way you could and this is even unlikely at this stage, I'd say, but you have to say, okay, we're bringing back freshmen for this stretch of time, and then we'll bring back the sophomores and the juniors and seniors would be online or, or some type of system where you Yeah, take... I've seen those come out. Those are kind of strange, but, I mean, listen, <laughs> you're, you're just drawing up plays at this point yeah. and hoping something works. And that's, that's a tough part to realize with college football is – all this is just, I think all the plans originally were based on by the time we roll around to September, the country will be doing better and the, the curve will be flattened and testing will be better. Maybe there's a vaccine. Like it was all looking at it from that lens. And now what's happened in the past two weeks is everyone realizes, okay, that's literally impossible based on the, based on the number of cases that have shot yeah, up in right. some of these mm-hmm. southern states. So now it becomes all right, how can we how can the powers that be and the athletic directors get 10 games in before in in the next 12 months, really, in the next 
13, 14 months from us talking, how can they get a season's worth of games in in some capacity? Whether that's doing three at the end of the fall and then you come back and do some in spring or you just do them all in the spring. And the spring thing is tough because you look at someone like Andre Sisco, who we'll talk about, the NFL draft is in April and the NFL is probably going to go off as scheduled and then the draft's going to stay as scheduled. So, Here's the thing. I don't I I don't think the draft will stay as scheduled if there is some sort of change. And maybe yeah. we'll talk about that a little more with when we get into Andre Cisco, but if there are alterations, major alterations to the college season, the NFL draft will not be on its normal what is it? Like third week of April usually. That's not going to happen. I think that'll be at a different point in time in the calendar. But I I see what you're saying because the NFL has a much better chance of going off than college football. I mean, I, I'm i not going to go all buster only on you and say there's a 0% chance we see a college football game this year. But <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, I think there's what? Maybe a 5 10% chance. And I think in 2020, I'm being very— In 2020. And I think I'm being extremely conservative— with that assessment. All right, Tim, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will continue this conversation about the college football season. So, Tim, you and I have been very, very pessimistic today, and I'm sure everyone's getting upset listening to us talk, but I think we're taking the realistic approach. When we look at this entire college football season, and honestly, this could bleed into much deeper than just college football. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's barring like a medical miracle right now where the vaccine comes and we weren't expecting it. And then it's really good when it comes. And from there, and you can mass produce it yeah, to, and get I it mean, to all so these people many, too. So many what ifs and so many things would have to go right. I'm with you. It's it's not happening in the fall. I think we can definitively say that right now. And if it does, I'd be shocked. Now, for spring... I, I struggle with, like, how much is going to change by the time spring rolls around. Is the vaccine going to be here by then? Because to me, the vaccine is is pretty dang essential to bringing back kids to colleges full-time in full volume and also being able to play literally a game where you're you're rubbing up and touching everyone. I mean, there's, there's not yeah. really anything worse than playing football. I think that's what some people have right, to realize, yeah. too. Is 10 out of 10 doctors would not recommend playing football yeah. in this corona age. No. Yeah, so I I think spring, if, if the NCAA is at a point where they feel like, okay, it's safe for college athletes to play in the spring, they'll do it. And I know there's some concern from people that then there is two seasons in a short amount of time, but there's just too much money on the line. That's the thing is, yeah. if you, if this is a money grab. Like, that's what we have to acknowledge here. And that's why this has even a 5% chance of happening is because of the money. Because if this, if college football, just hypothetically, was already a spring sport, I mean, the NCAA in my mind, and I've heard this from people that are pretty close to the situation would have already come in and said fall or yeah fall and winter sports are canceled and are postponed whatever 
And I think they already would have said that. But college football is making them hang on because the money is so tied to some of these schools, and it's so important to have college football. The number of jobs, and I mean, we're in the sports industry, like just anything to do, the SIDs, the, I mean, you can go, the number of jobs that will be affected by this is really catastrophic. And that's why they won't make that decision until they absolutely have to. But it's getting to the point where, you know, it's it's getting to the absolutely have to point a little bit quicker than we thought of maybe. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, you bring up the money and when, when you're you're searching for answers, a lot of the answers usually come from just following the money. And like you said, I, for me, as a as an objective person who has no stake in this game, I don't necessarily want to see spring football. I think that's unfair to the athletes. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be like baseball, where there's not going to be a penalty if you opt out and you think you can't be ready for that next season or maybe you opt out of the season after. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, these kids just want to play ball. So we'll see how how all that goes. But it's going to be one of those things where let's say maybe you've got some sort of condition where you can't be working yourself to these extremes and you need that little bit of time off in between it's going to be one of those things where okay, you're not going to you're not going to accrue any service time or anything of that nature, but you're also not going to lose your scholarship if if you choose to opt out for what's going to be a very strange unorthodox season if we do see football in the spring because again, if there is football in the spring, you're not going to see the full 12 game slate. I guess it's probably more going to be like in the six to eight neighborhood, ax all the bowl games and just have the college football playoff. So you're in and out in when you throw in training to the entire equation, you're in and out in probably three, three and a half months. Yeah. And I think that's the only way that spring football is feasible. And I think that's the only way you could get complete and total buy-in from these coaches. So I don't know. We're going to see how, how it all pans out because there there's so much i think w- one of the things that we know for certain right now that it, while it's not official is that there will be no bowl games until the 2021 winter 2022 new year's day right yeah. because you can't that, i mean there, there's no feasible way you got to restructure how you award bowls in the first place and i just i don't see there's a way of making bowl games i think even making the college football playoff in terms of how you're going to rank those teams, I think that is also something that becomes super difficult as well. And the other question here that we could dive into maybe later on is if, let's say, hypothetically, end of July, ACC comes out and says no fall football, no fall sports, what does that mean for basketball? We are getting to that point where basketball is not looking great right now. And I know to some people that's crazy talk, and I would have been not far off from that camp about a month ago where it just felt like it had to... I mean, basketball is so far away, but it's also so close. So we're getting to the point now where we might not see Syracuse play basketball or football or any other sports, whether it's men's soccer, field hockey, you name it, until 2021. And to me, if football isn't able to go in the fall, then 
basketball probably isn't because they're going to if there's any no, chance yeah, of getting in football they'll do it because of the money that's behind football and basketball has a lot of money too so but it's still but I basketball mean, is priority isn't nearly the the money no. that football is and that's the thing that people don't understand i mean i don't have the the revenue set in front of me but it's i'm guessing that that syracuse even though they are a basketball school through and through it would not shock me if they brought in more money be- from football. I actually, it really wouldn't. I'm pretty sure that Syracuse is one of maybe three schools in Division One that brings in more revenue it's probably from basketball than football. Basketball, and it's not by uh, or it's probably Syracuse. I would guess it's Syracuse. I think it's Kentucky. It's Kentucky, yeah. and it's either Duke or Carolina. I think, yeah, I did see a stat. I don't know if Syracuse was included, but even a, a big time basketball school like Michigan State. They get dwarfed by what they bring in yeah. with their football revenue. So you think of Tom Izzo and all that, but guess what? It's it's the Mark D'Antonio's and now who who is it? The it's Mel Tucker running the show there. They're <laughs> right. gonna bring in more money in through football than they are going to bring in from basketball. And that's the crazy thing to think. But college football remains king in this country. And even though as a Syracuse fan, basketball's in your blood. It's not the money maker that you think it is nationally, especially because of, of the fact that you're sharing the pie in football with way less schools, and the, those events like the college football playoff draw way more eyes than the NCAA tournament. Even though we love the tournament, it, it's still a, a giant, giant draw. And football fans, they they love their their playoff. They love their bowl games and. It's crazy to think, but it's the stone cold hard fact of everything. And we didn't, we haven't even scratched the surface of Notre Dame here because yeah. Notre Dame is going to be another wrinkle. Because you heard John Swafford say that they're going to try to help out Notre Dame the best that they can if this is a conference only type of deal. And I don't know. I, I think I saw David Cutcliffe, head coach at Duke for football, come out and say. Why would we let them in? Because they're making these monster dollars, and this is my rationale, not Dave's, but they're making these monster dollars from this NBC deal, and they don't want to give the ACC any sort of the pie. And the ACC is already kind of doing them a solid by bringing them in for the sports that aren't money makers, like lacrosse, like baseball, like what 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 are like um, field hockey. Field, I don't know if they have a field hockey team. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> it's it's like all these other sports that, I mean, yeah, basketball even. It's these other sports that don't make as much money or any money in most cases, yeah. and they they're not getting a piece of that NBC pie for volleyball. a team that's going independent. Yeah, volleyball. There's a there's one. So. I get it. I get why Dave Cutcliffe's on the fence of letting a team like Notre Dame come in, especially when if you're playing for a playoff, because, listen, that's what everyone's going to have to play for. That's the only thing, because there aren't going to be bowl games. Why would you let in a team who you're probably going to lose to? And you know you have to go undefeated if you want to have a chance. Because this year's college football playoff, if it's an eight-game season, if it's a ten-game season, at least three teams will be undefeated. That's the only plausible way I think that there's going to be a, or that's the that's the plausible construct of what the playoff is going to look like. Just yeah, because that's, there's that's th- going to be a head scratcher. And, and why would you out. especially w- when you hear some of these 
conference heads talk and say, yeah, we're going to double you up and, and you're going to play home and homes with four or five teams. And yeah. so I'm going to have to play Notre Dame twice. You, I'm not beating Notre Dame twice. So, I mean, that's that's the tough part of this whole thing. My gut reaction when I saw conference only start trickling out was, oh, maybe they'll finally get to play Duke or UNC or Virginia, meaning Syracuse, more than just once every six years, which I think is just stupid. And I guess it's it's kind of the only way you can do it because you need to stack up the divisions and have standings appropriate for that. But I now it looks like that the schedule from what we've seen in some of the reports is that there could be a chance that Syracuse is playing Clemson twice. It could be a chance that they're playing multiple teams twice. And obviously this is all in flux on the Notre Dame thing before we kind of can dive into Cisco. I agree with you. I also just think people should understand that Notre Dame's, I mean, it's happening. Like Swafford's already said it. Yeah. And to me, there's just bigger things worth fighting over right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't get too like annoyed by that because that's again, just the case of the money and NBC puts all that money into a TV rights deal with Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Notre Dame is going to get some premier football games this year because NBC's paying for it and money follows money in my eyes. So, well, yeah. it doesn't make a ton of sense. That's again, just another example of money kind of winning out. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, there's this will never happen, but we saw those Pat Forty divisions come out, the hypothetical map of what things could look like. And if you missed that podcast, we did that, I think it was like a week or two ago, and you can check yeah. it out on our feed. But this Yankee division, I mean, think about the Big Ten. If you want to limit travel, well, the Big Ten, I mean, you've got a team going to Rutgers or a team going to Maryland, and, and it's like Indiana's going to go play them. Well, Syracuse is closer to Rutgers and makes more sense if you want to reduce travel than a school like Indiana. So I think the only way that something plausible could happen is if they break down these conferences, and that's just never, ever no. going to happen. Yeah. Never. So, yep. All right. Well, we're not looking too optimistic for this college football season, but that that's just the nature of the world we're living in right now. So we will continue to look out for this entire situation for the remainder of the summer. And hopefully we're wrong again, Tim, yeah. I've never rooted to be wrong <laughs> right. in, more in my life than I am right now. I hope but people don't take it the wrong way. I really, I want to make that. Clear. We want to be wrong. Yeah. Yes. It's, we want to be very wrong, on but this. I also don't want to get out here and, and tell you guys that football is going to happen because that's just, the sad reality is it's not going to happen right now in the fall. At least we know it's, it's probably not happening. So we got to right. tell it like it is sometimes. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Andre Cisco with everything that's going on right now, has Andre Cisco played his last down of football for the Syracuse orange? It's something worth exploring. And we're going to do that next. All right. So with all the pessimism surrounding the 2020 college football season, we have to talk about Andre Sisco because this is a guy who Syracuse, I, I think the coaching staff, unless something went terribly wrong this season, the coaching staff was expecting him to leave for the NFL draft, whether he's a first rounder, a second rounder, third rounder, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're in those first three rounds and you're a defensive back, you're probably going to leave for the NFL as opposed to coming back for your senior season. So Andre Sisco falls into that category. And 
If there is no college football season, it's going to be very interesting to see what all of these players do. Now, obviously, a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or especially all of these big-name quarterbacks, you know they're not going to play their seasons probably. They're going to preserve themselves. Like, you you see guys sit out bowl, bowl games, games yeah. for a singular game. These guys are probably going to sit out if there is a whole season that can really only deter their stock. And I think Andre Sisko probably falls into that category of guys who might consider sitting out if there is no season. And I'm starting to lean that he may have played his last down as a Syracuse Orange safety. It really stings. And this is not something I have considered until you brought it up right before we were about to do this podcast. But you might be onto something maybe even a little bit earlier than some others here. I think Cisco definitely qualifies as someone because, let's face it, Mel Kuyper has him as a potential first-round pick. I've seen him in the first round of mock drafts. Some people think he's the best safety in the draft. Yeah, so you can't really get better than that. I mean, that is as good as it gets, essentially. The drop-off would go from being maybe the best safety, but you fall to maybe fifth, right? It's not going to be much more than that. So... Maybe I'm a little differing from you there because I think there is a I know world you don't. where he just doesn't play. I mean, it's it's going to be a different level of pressure if there's a season and he has to play as kind of that in the back of his mind. I think there's a world where he's a little underwhelming maybe compared to what the well, expectations yeah, I- are. I know you don't think he's the best safety coming out in this draft, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, and let's be honest. The, by the time we get to the draft, you're probably going to be right whether or not he plays. I mean, he'd have to have a great season. Again, when you're number one, it takes a lot to to stay number one. Exactly. Right? It, it's that, that never-content mentality. And I'm not saying that Andre Sisko's oh, sure. some guy who's who's all buttoned up and content with where he's at. No, I still think he's a hungry player, and I think he's a fantastic player at that. And I don't blame him if he sits out. But again, it's just so hard to stay number one. Ask yeah. anyone who's ever been number one. Their biggest fear is what happens when I slip away from being number one. Yeah, my, my point here is if door A is, okay, go play the season, Andre, and you will either be number one after a really, really good season, or you could really fall. And door B is, hey, you're the number one safety right now, and all these mock drafts are saying you're number one, and if you sit out and you take away any chance of getting injured, essentially, unless you're doing some training, which you would do, but you know the chances of getting injured Less in the likely, game yes. are more likely. Mm-hmm. So to me... Door B is pretty darn enticing, and I don't really blame him. I wouldn't be that person that's like, oh, like he's abandoning his team because on some hands, I kind of would want him to do it because Syracuse hasn't had that opportunity in so long to see someone I think that's a good twist you're putting high. on it. This, it might actually be a good thing in terms of the brand of Syracuse football. Yeah, and if it he, he goes out and becomes this big, and again, I'm not saying it's likely he gets injured. It's it's more unlikely that he gets injured. But what if he does tear an ACL or something of that nature, pop an Achilles? That's that's going to really plummet you down a lot of draft boards, and especially if you're not going to be able to train, then you're really looking at a cloudy future. Yeah. Maybe it's my Syracuse sort of NFL history just in the back of my head saying, 
I'll believe it when I see it, meaning I'll believe it when I see Andre Sisco as a first or second round pick because I love seeing this buzz and I know it's coming from very credible people. And I know, if anything, I fall more as he is maybe being slightly overrated right now. And, you know, we've debated that in the past and and I, I totally get that, like, I'm, if anything, still waiting for more from him maybe, but it's still hard to stay at first round, second round, whatever people are saying. When you're that high, it's hard to stay there. So you're right. There's a realistic world where maybe he's presented with an opportunity in the spring and it's the NFL draft stays where it is and it's either play for Syracuse or you'll be eligible to go to the NFL draft. And maybe it means that he plays half the season. I mean, this is such unprecedented times. We don't really know. But yeah, I think it's all or nothing, though. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, if there's I would a season. Assume. Yeah, I think right. he's playing all the games or none of the games. Yeah, but no, this is something totally valid worth bringing up because it is going to be a challenge. And listen, he's not going to be alone if he sits out. I'm not. He might be alone on the Syracuse roster, but he's not going to be alone across college football. I mean, I don't think there's a world where Trevor Lawrence plays. He probably saw what happened to Tua Tungavailoa and tells himself. Well, why would I put myself at this risk? Because it's not like, and listen, Tua was given the benefit of he's got all this time between the time he got injured to when the actual draft and the workouts started taking place. He had, what, four, five, six months? Something like that, In between. And this is going to be, I know if if there is spring football, the NFL draft is not going to be April 30th. But it's probably still going to be in May or June. And you're giving yourself what two, maybe three months between. They can the only draft. push it back so much. I mean, they have exactly. another season to get to, and right. there's a lot of you know you got and you got to make the decision and... too if you are gonna go to the draft and all that stuff. I mean, it's gonna be a very complicated process that the NFL is gonna have to deal with. And I mean, just look what MLB did too. MLB slash what like thirty five or forty of the rounds of their draft. I mean, that's a, that's a long draft for baseball and they limited it to five this year. So if baseball is cutting draft rounds, may, does the NFL do that too? I mean, we're going to look at, we could be looking at a very different draft this year as well. I don't think anything's going to happen with the NBA because it's just two rounds, but NFL MLB, we saw the huge slash there. So this could be something that looks very different when we get to the spring slash early summer. Yeah, the other thing here that just came to my mind now, and this is probably worth spending a little bit more time on down the road, if there's nothing in the spring, meaning we don't, you know, they say no vaccine, no football, we can't do it, unfortunately, then recruiting is, I mean, there's so many questions recruiting-wise. You look at someone like who we talked to last week and Justin Lampsom, he goes from, okay, maybe he comes in red shirts and then he has the opportunity to take the starting job to, okay, he comes in red shirts, then DeVito's going into his senior year because there would be. Well, so there's a I'll lot one up you on that too. What if they just, what if everyone picks up a year of eligibility from this? Are we going to see everyone get uh, some eligibility back too? Because I know in some cases, maybe in if you baseball, apply. Some of those guys don't get their elig- didn't get their eligibility back if they missed a a season in the spring. I mean, the colleges had to award them that sort of eligibility in a sense. The NCAA gave out their their decision. They said, okay, everyone's going to get their their year back. But then the colleges had to say whether or not they were going to honor 
the the scholarships of these seniors. So that's a whole nother thing that's going to have to happen. So yeah, Tommy DeVito may technically still be a redshirt junior, but will he actually be, or will he? Will the NCAA proceed as if a year has happened? It's going. I mean, I guess we've seen the precedents, but this is going to make recruiting really messy. Yeah, really, really messy. And for sure. And I'd like. To I don't think, know what, what's going to happen. I'd like to think that a team like Syracuse. The good news is, I wouldn't say that for sure Andre Cisco is the only guy getting drafted. Actually, I you can't say that. There will definitely be probably a couple other guys that would rise to the occasion if there was a season, or even if not, that would. But be... let's be honest; those are guys who need a season. Yeah, that's true. If they are actually going to Cisco, get would drafted. probably be the only one drafted if there was no season right now. Right, and. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the good news. Or is, could sit out a season and still get drafted. Right. If if this becomes, okay, Syracuse has to play 10 games in the spring and they play against a lot of tough ACC teams and you can't go to a bowl this season and there's so much that's taken away from it, well, if we only lose as a team and a program, if we only lose Cisco to the draft, Maybe I mean maybe it's not the worst year. It's it's kind of like how UNC and even Syracuse missed out in the tournament in basketball last year. I guess you can't definitively say Syracuse did, but they were likely going to miss the tournament, barring a huge run in the ACC tournament. Now it it was kind of a good year because there was no tournament. So there is maybe some of that where Syracuse is a young team this year that's only going to get older. Maybe the next time that football is around, but I do think they'll manage to get something in the spring. Right now, if you had to ask me, it's just all up in the air. Yeah, and I think we're kind of in agreement. I don't know if Andre Cisco would be there if there is going to be a spring season. Yeah. So we'll continue to watch that for the entirety of this off season, and maybe we'll explore this a little bit more because I think we could we could do a little bit more investigating and reading into some of this and especially if there's more players that that maybe come out and say publicly that they're not going to play. Because again, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift here in terms of player empowerment in the NCAA, whether, I mean, you see a guy like Trevor Lawrence speaking out at a lot of these rallies and stuff like that. And you see this name image likeness, the power is starting to shift to the players. So maybe that's going to happen. And, and I mean, even to a degree when they started sitting out bowl games, that that's when you started to see a shift yeah. in, and player empowerment in in college sports. So we'll keep on monitoring the situation because now that I start to think about it, I, I do think Andre Sisco has played his last down at Syracuse. But we'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But I, I, I've been rooting for myself to be wrong a lot today, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, we have. Which I don't is do that often. Which is in a nutshell, so. I think. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about all of this college football stuff, maybe a little more how it pertains to Syracuse. And also we'll dive into some more recruiting as well. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you tomorrow.